Episode 265 of the Silent Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by my artificially intelligent co-hosts, Peter and Jake. <laughs> that is right, Kurt. Uh, we're coming at you this week with the chewy granola bar edition of the cast. Uh, when was the last time you had one, you out-of-touch old person? It hasn't been that long, I don't oh, think. Oh, shit. I, I loved chewy granola bars were like the 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 peak granola bars for me personally, mm-hmm. and dip those bastards in like chocolate. Ooh wee, <laughs> they were good. Ooh. And then you looked at the fucking nutrition facts <laughs> and saw they only had eighty calories, and you're like, what is even in this? Is this food? Yeah. Can this legally be considered food? Why would my parents give me this at a theme park and be like, this should tide you over for six hours? <laughs> Young man. You won't complain <laughs> for another like thirty minutes or some of that hour. Whatever. There you go. Have this. I think. And then the, you you'd have them in your, your fucking knapsack at the theme park and it'd be ninety eight degrees in Orlando and all the chocolate chips would be all melted oh, and you'd have to like yep. fucking pour it out. It becomes an <laughs> you have to, like, bar. Extract it like a fucking like break its rib cage open. <laughs> Get the meat inside like Extrude a crab. Extrude it through the fucking dye. Excuse me, I didn't want <laughs> crab legs. <laughs> like that. That taught us better than any any other food substance in the early two thousands about like living on like synthetic food because that was ex- extruded granola prism, and then you had your um, your uh, pressed uh, gum snack, otherwise known as fruit gummies. <laughs> Love those. Learned a lot about food processing in the 90s, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. They made it cheap and easy. Just like me, you can activate me by saying, okay, Jake. And then I go, bloop, and I'll get everything wrong. I will. I'll just get your directions wrong. I'll ask for the wrong videos that you want to watch. I'm the worst kind of AI. Cancel me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I canceled. Where where are where we are you are coming from this week? Coming Jake? at you live from a generic stage right before the announcement of a new product from Apple, and it's going to be amazing. There's electricity in the air. It's we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be the Literally, same shit. They've every... electrified the fences around the stadium <laughs> <laughs> to keep out the undesirables. <laughs> to keep out uh, the fuck his name is. And not, to power Tim Apple not Tim, himself. Not Tim Apple, but... Yeah. <laughs> Tim Cook. Oh, gosh. I forgot his name. Tim Tim Apple is... Uh, like if Tim Allen was uh, rebuilt by Apple, $6 million man style. What, what was the, uh, the original the boot up sign on the, on the phone is just... Yeah, that was the, that's the best startup sound ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just face with the loading bar. I buy that. I buy that in heart. And instead of like all the beeps and boops, it's just different Tim Allen grunts. <laughs> <laughs> that's your haptic feedback. <laughs> just wait till the Santa Claus. Fuck passed. the Santa Claus. <laughs> Put Tim Allen every, in my phone. Every December update. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The Santa Claus patch. Oh my god. That's <laughs> awesome. 
I can't think of a better. Well, Apple. I can't think of a better way to invest your money than making Tim Apple a thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Profit <laughs> off of it. It's a good meme. We like so it. So all you all you have to. I'm not saying kill Tim Allen to accelerate the timeline, but you can probably speed it along if you just leave some cocaine in his dressing room <laughs> on his next production. He'll take care of it himself. Just leave some radiation near him. Maybe he'll go the same way that uh, every the other guy did. We've all seen Tim Allen's cocaine mugshot, right? Oh, I have not. Okay, oh, God. I, will, I will pull it up. I feel like I have Tim Allen, man. It's, what a uh, guy. Man of the year. Man of the century, really. Yep, here we are. <laughs> Good call him the bicentennial, man. <laughs> that was Robin Williams. Oh, put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Um, so, for those of you who haven't caught on, that's amazing. Oh my god. Look, why did look he, at that stash. Why did he get rid of that mustache? Like, because he was ordered to, so he couldn't hide court ordered. cocaine in it. Sir, that's not legal. Get that get that mustache off your face. Like, did the 90s Alabama just Zoom hit him Michigan. in one one discontinuous wave? Where it's just like, like this was the eighties. Clean shaven. No, 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 don't don't give me a, a basic color shirt and tuck it into my jeans with a belt. No. <laughs> hey. Nothing wrong with a basic color shirt tucked into jeans and a belt. Mm-hmm. A, you and me and everyone at Old Navy look. agrees. <laughs> it's a sustainable look. <laughs> uh Mitchells versus the machines. Yeah, we've got a bit of a, a the, very the boomerist of family adventures. So this, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't know. Kind of, I'm not sure, like, what generation this was meant to speak to. I mean, it waffled back and forth. It's a family yeah, movie. I'm pretty sure it's, it is everyone. meant to bridge the gap. Um, it's 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 a good family movie. I would mm-hmm. say it's not quite. In the same rarefied air as Paddington Two. Look, okay, we'll get to that controversy later. It it, it comes it comes at le- it approaches at least Paddington One yeah. in yeah. terms of quality. Yes, mm-hmm. I would watch it Paddington is. One or Paddington One or Two over over this any day. You know me. We're we're Paddington we're Paddington Bears basically at this point. Uh, basically, that's what this, they call the fans. Faddingtons. We, Faddingtons. we we watched we watched a fucking ninety minute documentary on like Belize or wherever <laughs> darkest Peru <laughs> because it was framed through the lens of hunting for Paddington's and, origin. And you know what? I never gave up hope that we were gonna find <laughs> Uncle Pastuzo's uh you know <laughs> operation <laughs> his uh was lemonade operation? Or tea operation. Yeah he was he, yeah, he sold he sold the tea to yes, the miners. Yeah, tea to the miners. Yeah, not 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 like the people under eighteen, like the people actually, you know, prospecting a mine. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was. Man, we went. Yeah. So we Tim went Allen was arrested in nineteen seventy eight. Oh my god! Was from That's so long ago, that was oh a god. year. That was that was old enough back then that we can now have horror movies about the seventies. Uh, from our first movie in Tray Watch this week, um, where we watch our trays, <laughs> and and uh, I don't know where to go with this. That's right. I'll I'll just have to get out of here and take my last night in Soho. 
uh, where so the premise hard. is, what if you got possessed by the spirit of the 70s? <laughs> no, no, please don't make me sight. into a 70s showgirl. <laughs> Does your fro like? Is it like the fucking Santa Claus s transformation where the fro's growing and then kind the of fucking bell yeah. bottoms roll down? And- yeah, yeah. Um, so a girl, she's so the the mo- the main thing about this is there's a very slow the creepy horror rendition of Downtown is playing throughout this I entire hate trailer. When they do that? It's so silly. Um, but girl in city, I guess in Soho, um, she feels disconnected from her friends and I guess she lives in a haunted apartment where she goes back in time Hmm. and she, she encounters the spirit of Anna Taylor joy as a 70s showgirl directed by Edgar Wright. Yeah. I saw that right away. I was like, Hmm. Oh, from, uh, Wrath of Man to this. That's. Guy Ritchie. Oh, Guy Ritchie, I'm sorry. Wrath of Man. Ed Edgar Guy Wright is Shaun of the Dead in Hot Fuzz. Hmm. So, we're getting we're getting time possession. Sean it's a more Connery complicated story than Tenet. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I'm waiting for, like, the mindfuck at the end where it's just like, what is going on anymore? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just her normal life, and everyone's like, why the fuck are you dressed like that? Why don't you look me in the eye anymore? Yeah, this looks like it has so, really interesting scenes where it's like, oh my god, just somebody just straight up broke through the floor to grab her. Yeah, this is really interesting. Yeah, so the the visuals are very interesting, but the premise kind of reminds me of like a B episode of like Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, I can see that. Remember yeah, that episode it's... of Star Trek where uh, Dr. Crusher got possessed by the ancient Irish sex ghost. <laughs> I don't. That was like it was her family curse that she could her family could never marry because there was like an Irish one of her great 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 gal Magoo grandmas was like a ghost alien. It was like I'm gonna possess you. <laughs> Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, this last night in Soho thing is kind of strange. Like, the horror aspect of it seemingly has very little to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, this is a horror movie, so we have to have a creepy guy flash up and, and a knife in there and a zombie breaking up through the floor. Um, so what are we putting the over-under that... Uh, one of the guys from uh, his show, Spaced Out or whatever, um, mm-hmm. is going to appear in the movie. Oh, we'll without see a, a doubt. Simon Pegg cameo, or one of the other ones. They're gonna. They will definitely sure. have Simon Pegg in a side role in the sixth in the seventies world. They, they can't not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna have. I wonder if the seventies theme is gonna take a backseat or some of that. Or if they're gonna like it, the trailer made it seem like they're really pushing the the seventies. The monster is going to be the literal disco superfly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's this is the <laughs> disco 
disco fever has taken over this woman's life. <laughs> She's contracted disco fever. I'm look. I'm looking at all the trailers this week. There's so many time based ones. Did Corona just like? I guess they're playing on like no one has under an understanding of the passage of time anymore because we have we have uh, last night in Soho. We have the Tomorrow War. We have Eternals, Infinities, and Old. Oh, there may be a theme this week. <laughs> remember when? Remember when the fucking Super Bowl trailer for Old dropped, and we were all just like. Well, this is the movie. This is what your horror villain is. Well, time. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, they they let's... had more more footage, and it's still weird and confusing. It's stupider now. Yeah. It... Yeah. It makes makes less fucking yeah. sense. Um, this is this is trying to be fucking like, lost, I guess, in mm-hmm. movie form. Um. And M. Night Shyamalan is writing and directing, so that means it's probably not going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, this is he's, he's capable. He's had good movies. He's had bad movies. It really you looks like he does not have enough budget for this film because he's going to film it all in one location. Yeah. We haven't seen we've seen one special effect in this trailer. Which, and the rest is just young actor. Run, young actor walks behind a rock. Old actor walks out from behind same rock. <laughs> the there was the oh. one where the like the time the time goo like crawls up the dude's arm and like Indiana Jones is <laughs> his face. Goo. Oh yeah, okay, all right. It was like right at the end. All right. So, what are we putting the odds at that uh, the the M Night Shyamalan twist is that they um, licensed. Yu-Gi-Oh's IP from Konami, and it's just the Time Wizard <laughs> waiting in the palace of the cave. <laughs> yeah, time magic, time magic, flipping this coins. Is... Well, they're on a beach. <laughs> I think, I think this was my Shadow Realm punishment from the second season. <laughs> well, if you think about it, they're on a beach, and what do beaches have? Beaches have sand. Okay, so they have sand. What else has sand? Hourglasses. Hourglass. Was I'm pretty sure in the Time Wizards like staff or something around there. Let me mm. look up. The, let me look up a picture of the Time I'm, I'm, Wizard. I think it was just a clock. It was just a clock <laughs> with a roulette that. wheel on it, which so it wasn't a clock. It was just a wheel. Um, I my theory is that he saw he played Death Stranding the month before, and was like, <laughs> I have an idea for movie guys. This is the first Strand type movie. I is got what it. You're telling. <laughs> Because that movie also had beaches. In fact, it had a princess beach. Mm. <laughs> the greatest line in all of video gaming. Well, that movie had Conan. That game had Conan O'Brien in it. Yep. Um, Wait, which and which movie, movie has Conan? Oh, that was actually that was Mitchell's. Watched. That was what we watched yeah. this week. I don't remember him being in the movie. I didn't catch him. There was uh, the cameoist of cameos. He's listed as Galaxon Five Thousand on the. IMDb page. Blackstone five thousand. What was that one? I was listening for him. I was. I did not hear a single Conan O'Brien voice, and I know many of his voices. It was strange, yeah. But that, uh, that was old. They're stuck on a beach. Can't get out. They get old. They um, age. They age rapidly, it's, and they have a pregnant. It's a belly. reverse Benjamin Button and fast forward. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Then you they, know what isn't though? The old <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Mac Wahlberg. Wahlbergers. Yeah, mortal Mac. It's a wicked pisser. Can't die. Uh, this looks like a stupid movie. This is Paramount. They're going to sell Paramount Plus on Infinities. Infinites. Uh, Malk, Malk, Milk Wahlberg. Infinites. The, uh, the show about explaining Magic the Gathering Kiki, Infinite Kiki Combo. Combos. <laughs> well, first you play yeah, one, then you Starring play the other. Kiki Jiki and Splinter Twin. <laughs> um, so, Stake Wokeberg here, uh, he lives as a man who has lived before, and oh, it's, oh, it's reincarnation? Ah, it's, it's oh, like oh, the Buddhism. Um, because I they saw Old Guard, and they're like, old people, but as young people. <laughs> That's an action premise. <laughs> and he's So, like, read the early years? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um... So he has he plays as a guy who's got to do something. He's got to do action stuff, and they know that you don't care. <laughs> um. So he's got he drives a bike in in the in the uh, the what are those Irish lands with the big cliffs? The Highlands, where the the cliffs of Moor, maybe. Um. There's that whole. There's, I guess there's a bunch of reasons, not just in Ireland. Maybe it's Iceland and like Italy and any of those places where it's like here's a big hill that kind of seems to have been extruded out of the ground. I mean, there are areas like that in Ireland, but uh, like the Faroe Islands, maybe. I don't know. It's it's the it's the aesthetic nowadays where you're like, okay, our beaches have to be black. And Night Shyamalan, get with the times. If your beaches need to be volcanic and black, and your cliffs need to be very drastic, overlooking a stormy sea. That's yeah. how that's that's all it is now. Uh, and he drives his bike, and he evil can evils. Um, that's the movie. Next, Tomorrow War. <laughs> yeah, not the Forever War, as I very excitingly mistook it for when uh, we first discussed it. This is Tenet for people who thought that Tenet had something to say and thought that they didn't understand it instead of it just being a not great movie. You know, I could see this being like a little bit better if they just don't explain the time travel aspect, but they're probably going to throw in some twist and make if it all fucky at the end. basic... If they keep the time travel stuff basic yeah, enough, I am, and like your twists to be like, oh, like do like spoilers for Infamous, like do like an Infamous style twist where Kessler is cold from the future and he's making sure that he's ready to, you know, save the world from what's to come. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a better um, premise. Is when you have like the future to come back to the past, and they like say, oh, we need your help or, or do something. Here. Like, yeah, we need to that. prepare you for the coming tragedy yeah. that's going to strike. You need to be able to stop this. To well, that's what this future presence was, right? Oh, I know. They were pulling yeah. him. They were pulling him into the future. Yeah, you're being drafted so, from the past. You're being past drafted. That and that 
I mean, I guess they have they have an okay reasoning. That's that's a kind of an interesting concept. It's similar to what they did in the well, not really similar to what they did in the tomorrow or or the forever war. In the forever war, um, they make first contact with aliens, and so they have to draft. Uh, I I forget what the name of it was, but they only drafted like exceptional people. Like mm-hmm. you had if you had an IQ over one fifty and you were this physically able, you were drafted into their best and brightest the, kind of service, deal. Yeah, yeah, to to fight these aliens, and uh, so like everyone had like all the ground soldiers had like doctorates in physics and shit like that. <laughs> it's like I could I could see this I could see um, like the Terminator of doing this to like draft people. If they had a bigger organization to do it, but like, when, yeah, if you could, if it worked that way, if you could go forward in time, yeah, because like, they they really want to, because they don't have any humans left in the the future in the Tomorrow War, okay. um, so they got to go back in time and, and draft people from the past, which makes makes sense. I guess a couple of their bases yeah, I guess there. it is like a Terminator in reverse sort of thing, uh, which mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna write it off and say it's shit yet like mm-hmm. this is a concept in the hands of a good writer uh could be done very well i don't know if there's like source material they're basing it off it is a prime video original which have a sketchy track record of yeah, success I've seen some good ones i've seen some not so good ones um but uh, i will withhold judgment until i see it mm-hmm. um you won't I think... you'll try to avoid making a False positive. Yes. Ooh. Like our next movie. False positive. The Pierce Brosnan artificially movie. inseminated me with a demon. The Botter Horror. And other things you'll hear on the Alex Jones show. <laughs> the body horror we all Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, he, he got into the hospital. He put demons inside virgin women. Little goblin gremlins. <laughs> The vampires. By my goblin gremlin. The vampires. <laughs> pot belly, pot belly goblin gremlin vampire <laughs> repellent supplement for eighty-five dollars a two-ounce bottle. The globalists are using <laughs> using vagina vaccines. To, you you want to get a body like genetically me. superior army. You want to get a body like me? You take this supplement. It'll dehydrate you. It'll make you ripped. And I'll increase so the I, testosterone. I'm, I'm scrubbing. I'm scrubbing through the timeline here, and this looks like it's the same sort of plot and premise as Rosemary's Baby. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't remember is, much about Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I don't think I've seen. I don't know much about it other than Lady with Demon Baby. Oh, it's an A24 film. That explains so a mm-hmm. lot about how this looks. So this <laughs> couple is at a fertility doctor, and Pierce Brosnan is the doctor, um, and I guess he like does a lot of fertility tests on her. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're doing IVF with her, but they might. I'm not sure. They'll clarify. She comes in with a giant fucking little baby hose. Yeah. <laughs> so he does something to her, and he's like having he her take this baby. medication, and mm-hmm. she's noticing. She's like seeing things, like um, like the faces on on children, and uh, her ultrasound are getting distorted. And uh, she's like imagining her stomach like undulating, and it's it's creepy. It is it's like body horror kind of stuff. Uh, and she starts getting this idea that her husband and doctor are like trying to do something to her. And then she goes to see this like voodoo, like witch doctor lady who uh, who is telling her like you gotta I don't know 
Put the witch in the grub on your back. <laughs> yeah. Put the witch in the grub on the cool. Well, you gotta you gotta be careful. You gotta watch for her. So she starts like fighting back to the doctor, and uh, I don't know. They, they don't. The plot they don't twist spoil is she's it. just insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. In- I mean, totally. insane in the placental membrane. <laughs> I could see them. I could see them like ending the movie like really dark with like having uh, like a demon baby and then putting her in a mental institution. Or thinking she has a demon baby and putting her in protective custody because she tries to strangle her baby or something yeah, that's like that. I, I don't know. The the one A24 film I think we've seen is The Lighthouse. Yeah. Well, A24 is a little... You're fond of me, baby, aren't you? Actually, we've seen two A24 movies because The Disaster Artist was made by A24, mm-hmm. actually. That's right. Okay. Um, But uh, A24 horror movies, at least, have a reputation of having... The, plot twist in their story i so see i'm making wild uneducated guesses as to what this plot twist might be yeah um, i know you guys have wanted this for year as i think <laughs> wanted oh years okay it's been two years um i know you've wanted this for years um and it's happening. You'll be you'll be happy and relieved to know you can you can stop stop your evening prayer for this. Uh, they are coming out with an escape room sequel. Escape room my, tournament of champions. My prayers have been answered. What are we? Some kind of tournament of champions? <laughs> I hate the so I guess all the, the people trailer. who lived in the first movie are now uh, competing to see who lives in in this escape room. Yep, thing, it's like that is... season of American Idol that they thought people were thought was going to happen, where they took all the American Idol winners and they they gave them all the run back against each other. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, I mean, as interesting as American Idol can get. So it's it's the same shit as the first Escape Room, where it's Baby yeah. Saw. Well, I think they got a bigger budget for this one too. I don't remember the I... original Escape Room being this like intricate and and like i don't know some of the stunts that they're doing are a little bit bigger so they may, they must have obviously they're coming out with a sequel so they they it was well received the well, first time i mean they made money did you see the first one the first one i did not i i i mean i saw the budget was like four million dollars and it made 16 so they're like yeah, yeah we can shoot out another one of these yeah so we'll give them Jake, we'll did you go into this movie? This time. Did you think that this was a get out because they had to get out of the escape room? And you saw this one instead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I saw this. Yeah. I saw so, this. so this movie is Oscar worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Get out to uh, <laughs> tournament of champions <laughs> is is uh, is is worth a watch because it's going to be Oscar worthy. And I'll vote for it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. They they, yeah. they they say the name of the movie. It's it seems really cheesy and campy. Uh, the electricity looks like the electricity from Electro and the Amazing Spider Man, <laughs> and I'm not for it. Don't want it. It looks mm-hmm. like hair. <laughs> yeah, oh. this looks uh, this looks looks bad. Not not gonna sugarcoat it. Does not look like a good movie. Speaking of things we didn't ask for and things that look bad, what's not that 
is Werewolves Within. So Werewolves of London. I don't really know like what the I I guess the simple background is like somebody's visiting like a small town and and he's like, hey, you know like you know like yeah, werewolves, right? <laughs> and it seems like a really campy, uh, funny uh, comedy thriller horror. I don't know how much horror there's going to be in it, but it seems more funny than anything. Uh, it gives me big yeah. Shaun of the Dead vibes. That is what this top comment says. This movie confused me. It's got the music and special effects that say horror, but the funny dialogue screams Shaun of the Dead with werewolves. Yeah, and which which might be what they're going for. I actually thought this seemed a lot like um, if you were to take the game one night. You know the yeah. find the find the werewolf uh, amongst the group the and make it into a movie. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like the, that's what the werewolf doing. that's among us. Yes, I think there's something that uh, is very interesting that I just saw in the trailer, and that's an Ubisoft logo. <laughs> this movie brought to you by Ubisoft, so the VFX won't be finished on release day. <laughs> You'll have to wait for the fucking uh, four week theatrical patch. So hey, I mean, we did not see a werewolf in this. If they can do it with, it could uh, be they cats. just didn't pop in the models. If they can do it with cats, they can do it with werewolves. So, which one is scarier? You decide. <laughs> I, I got to see this. I got to see the werewolf first. If it's if it's anything like cats, and then, then yeah, it, it'll be terrifying. But maybe that's a good thing in this case. <laughs> maybe they. Maybe the, there's not going to be a werewolf in the movie. Maybe that's like Ooh. the lesson. The twist. Mm-hmm. There was never a werewolf. Uh, it it the, looks kind of werewolf. The real werewolf were the friends we made along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that line that they say in the movie. It's like it's not like any predator we've ever seen. It's not human. I'm like what? That, <laughs> Get to the chopper. That's your that's your, <laughs> that's your fucking criteria. <laughs> Play, plenty of ways to hunt animals. Ain't human. What are you What are you talking about? Yeah. I hunt all kinds of game. Uh, Jungle Cruise. And third trailer for Jungle Cruise. Just to remind yeah. you that, yes, in fact, this is a movie that's coming out. Um, yep. It's it's like natu- National Treasure meets Tomb Raider. Yeah. With, 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 the rock. with The Rock in a very bad CGI hijack you are. My, my friend comes up to me yesterday and he's like, dude, The Rock needs to stop. <laughs> Fed up with like just the amount of movies and the amount of Disney products he's putting out. He's like, he's in the fucking movie The Jungle Cruise. First of all, why The Jungle Cruise? Stop it. Just don't. Yeah, I don't know why they they decided they needed to make a Jungle Cruise movie. I guess with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise dead, they need to need to do something. Um, it's fine. The Rock is an interesting movie career. He's a pretty good actor, but he's never been in a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think he he probably like this feels like a case of like he just genuinely enjoys working with whatever studio they have him. Oh, I, I'm sure he's just like one of those guys who enjoys working and making movies. And sure. since he's a big box office draw, he gets put in a lot of leads versus uh, a lot of other guys like your Malcolm McDowell's of the world who will just like show up and bit roles in any movie you can if i got his paycheck because... i would too yeah <laughs> i'm yeah i'm pretty yeah, sure he got on for house. like he he's on for like just a continuous like i'm just signed with disney mm-hmm. 
I well, would... how many Disney? He hasn't done a ton of Disney stuff. Yes, that's true. He just did Moana and this. He did, yeah, Moana, and then like if was you he on for the back... the Tooth Fairy? Was he the yeah. Tooth Fairy movie? Was that a Disney thing? I thought that was. He's done a few Disney products, like the the race to Witch Mountain, and uh, the one where he's a football player and he has to raise his daughter. I forget mm-hmm. the name of that. And then was the Jumanji Fairy, a, was Disney a Disney production? Disney. No. Uh, game plan. That's a Sony. Uh, apparently. Game plan. Yeah, that was the one. Uh, they're saying Hercules was a Disney movie, so maybe the same company. Um, Hercules, I, like Rockules. I suppose Hercules. From made zero to movie. from hero to rock bottom. <laughs> and then uh, you again. I guess is that wait is the rock in there? Yeah, so I mean he's done a fair amount of Disney stuff, but I wouldn't say that he's like Disney's actor in residence or anything like that. No. Okay. But that's, that's uh, that. uh, uh, we Lansky. Yeah, Lansky. This yeah. movie's about Nazis. Are there Nazis in it? Mobsters and Nazis. Oh my! So is this is a bi- yeah. like a biopic about somebody like some famous uh, criminal. It's a. It I, said based on a true story, so there. It basically means there were mobsters and Nazis at one point in time. That's <laughs> well. I don't, I don't know if you like remember like anybody like you know Al Capone. Like, um, is there is there somebody named like I don't know Bob Lansky or some of like that? Lansky just reminds me of some like comedy bit. Like, oh, it's the thing from uh, SNL. Reminds me of Jordan Schlansky. Bill Lansky. <laughs> Let's give it up to oh. Bill Lansky. Bill Brasky. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I don't think, yeah. Was it Brasky? <laughs> yeah, Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky named the band Kajagoogoo. They did not want to be called that. <laughs> uh, Lansky's an old guy who some dude's writing a book about, but the government wants to press him for information about his, his Nazi punching crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's framing device and old, old time mobster stuff. So it's a, it is a, um, oh, who made Goodfellas? Fuck. Um, Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it's just a Scorsese fan film. Uh, except (laughs) at the end of, at the end of, uh, what's the one we watched? Shit. Goodfellas? No. We watched Goodfellas. The other Um, one, the recent one on Netflix. The Irishman. Irishman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spoilers for the end of the Irishman. They didn't need to press him for for information because everyone he knew was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Will you just tell us? Come on, you're ninety. You, just... you got like a day to live. Come on, tell us. That was that was one of the that was one of the scariest ending shots of a movie where it's just like, oh, he's he's all alone, and he's gonna die of old age sad. by himself. It was real sad. Dude. It was it was a heart wrencher yeah. for sure. Even though you know he's uh, really not the best guy, esteemed but, yeah. Irish Irish actor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's Cor- it must be like an in joke between him and Scorsese, where he gets cast as the Irishman <laughs> in all of Scorsese's movies, even though he is the least <laughs> Irish looking man you've ever seen. <laughs> um, uh, I think we got one finally. more big one because uh, he. The Eternals uh, dropped this week as well. That's and right. We've got our 4-4 four, four zombies. 
the Eternals, Eternals come, the trailer drops, and uh, the general reaction to it is, who cares? <laughs> like, I thought I would be alone in my, like, I really don't give a shit about this movie, but evidently a lot of other people also don't give a shit about this movie. I'm, and I'm hoping the movie maybe changes that, because, like, I feel like this could be the... This is the start of, like, the next big phase for Marvel is bring these characters in because you can do a lot of different stuff with them. Um, but I feel like it just might expand the universe too much to where people are just, like, overwhelmed with how much stuff there is. Well, it already, like, creates a plot hole where it's like, well, where were these fuckers in that game? Well, yeah, and I think that they're going to explain that, and they should. Because, like, in Doctor Strange, um, well, I think they did it in Infinity War or Endgame or some of that, where, you know, that fight was happening in New York City, and there's that big fucking magic house that's, like, right there. Where were they fighting the Chitauri in the first attack? Uh, and then uh, Endgame or Infinity War, uh, I think Endgame did that. Endgame was like, okay, no, they were there. They were helping fighting, but, you know, it's just... They were just behind the scenes a little bit more. Um, so maybe they'll do something where, okay, the they had their minds wiped and they didn't know that who they were. Uh, so, and then when Thanos attacked, they got like awoken or something like that. Um, I don't know. So we'll, we'll maybe see they'll get uh, their own fight scene against more of Thanos's goons, gloobers. Yeah, or wasn't Thanos an Eternal? Uh, Thanos is an him. eternal uh, with a deviant gene. I think he was adopted. He he had a, he has a deviant gene in him uh, that makes him like part monster or something like that. But because like there's the deviants and then the eternals. Uh, I guess the celestials made the two things: the eternals and the deviants. And the eternals. Wait, does this like, mean that we're gonna start getting into like comic book cosmology? Because yeah. that's never worked for either either comic book i think we are uh, slowly but yeah. surely it's the the issue with putting this stuff in a movie is you have a small window of time to explain this stuff there isn't like 46 issues of this stuff like not being the main focus but the information building blocks being there mm -hmm. that you can do like you can't lead up to it in the same way well i guess you could if this was your plan from jump street but the plan from Jump Street was Endgame, and now they're trying to pick up the pieces and keep this cash cow rolling. Yeah. Yep. So we'll yeah, see what happens. Uh, it's a it, it's a, a good trailer. There's a lot of Easter eggs in it. Um, the cast seems pretty good. I'm I'm fine with the cast that they got for the Eternals. Um, I guess it just needs a story. Uh, I don't have an issue with the cast, but it kind of annoys me that how heavily they're promoting. Look, there are no white men in this movie. Oh, we well, it's like I think the cool thing about sure. that is uh, so how I think the story is gonna go is like when they get to Earth, they eventually spread out and go to different parts of the world, and they're all gonna fit in with their like their ethnicity that they're in. So like Kumal Nanjiani is gonna go to India, uh, the one uh, Chinese actress will go to uh, Asia or China or some of that. And they're all going to help start the different civilizations uh, on Earth. Which the only problem I have with that is like, oh, so what? Like, humans needed, like, 
a hand and everything, like a helping yeah, that, hand and everything. Like we couldn't do anything without the Eternals. Like that's the whole I, story I, behind the Eternals is that they, um, at every big like major discovery, they had a role in it where they were like, hey, maybe, uh, maybe this equation will work. Aha! And they were like, it's the Prophean problem. And it's just like, okay. Well, Einstein is like, E equals MB squared. Like, no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> what C. about C? C, oh. Oh, yeah. That works too. <laughs> no, and Einstein's like, no, fuck you. I'm using B for my symbol for speed of light. <laughs> and then when he went to go submit it, the internal just. Because it's just a variable it. and I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> That's the one thing I remember from Cormac. It's like, we can call this Fred if we really want to. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So, yeah. Um, I, I, there's there's some weird story elements to this, but we'll see if they, they write something good. Yeah. my One of my gripes with the Eternals is like, oh, they're like these gods that help everyone. And I looked up their powers, and they're all variations of can punch, can make glowy energy beam, can make energy weapon can make energy fist yeah and there's one who can like do agriculture i guess <laughs> there's a fast marvel, one too marvel yeah. is getting a little too big in their britches now and and like justifiably so they can sell it on the name marvel alone mm-hmm. but uh i think what was impressive is that they were able to build a cinematic universe on what at the time were a lot of like c-tier heroes like, before the movie came out, no one really gave a shit about Iron Man. People kind of cared about Captain America, about Hawkeye, Black Widow. No one gave a shit. And they were able to build a movie franchise around these characters, which was impressive. But now they're, like, digging a little too deep into the catalog, I think, once you start getting down to, like, the Eternals. Uh, maybe it's time to start thinking about wrapping things up or, mm-hmm. like disconnecting the franchise like you can just have the standalone films like you used to do mm-hmm. yeah um, i i'm surprised this one was of the like extended stuff this one is the one that's coming out like kind of first not first because we had scarlet witch and we had or wandavision we had captain america mm-hmm. and, and the by the time this comes out we'll have falcon um, soldier by the time this comes out we'll have black widow we'll have um spider-man far from <laughs> will, home will we <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, Black Widow, hopefully, I think, in a, in a few weeks or something, right? Or just that beginning of July. So so we're told. Uh, I, I don't... Maybe July 4th weekend. Uh, maybe. targeting. That shit was supposed I, I to hope... come out so long ago. Mm-hmm. Like, before... Like, last May, I think. Before WandaVision or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think May 20 was uh its original release may 21st something like that i for one will be going to see it in the theaters so if it's bad i can be disappointed i kind of want to go see um, a quiet place too in in theaters well vax up and ready to risk my life to see a movie so yeah (laughs) well i mean the idea is that when we're vaxxed we're not risking our lives anymore (laughs) Her. I don't care. They, they I'm, We're I'm risking other people's lives. I have a, you know, they aren't back. Bad luck with that ninety-four percent. I still got six percent where I could crossing well, fingers. You'll be six percent. You'll could be die. asymptomatic. <laughs> like they're all virtually a hundred percent effective in preventing hospitalization. Yeah, yeah. 
That's that's what people I'll just get no fake news here. Diet COVID. Diet COVID. Oh man. COVID I... in name only. You'll test positive, but you will feel fine. <laughs> Diet COVID. There was I was at the gas station for food the other day because I don't have a car. Always, always I can't. There's no reason for me to get gas at the station. Um, well, if you have like a leaf trimmer. Yeah. <laughs> for my for my fourth story apartment. Um, I've seen your solarium. You got all sorts of vines and shit on there. That's true. The the potatoes are growing quite quite scarily. Um, but no, I there was one dude who's like, yeah, it's it, the the corona, the vaccine, it's population control. And thankfully, everyone else was like, no, that's stupid. You're stupid. Don't be a fool. Get the shot. <laughs> I yeah, stupid. I knew I knew this was going to be, but you know what? If if we get to a point where like the only people who aren't vaccinated are the anti-vaxxers, and they all die of COVID, mm-hmm. have we not strengthened society? True that. You've heard of herd immunity. I think this is now this is here natural comes, selection. Here we've come out with herd stupidity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny the uh, the the CDC telling like everybody who's vaccinated uh, to like say hey don't wear a mask is a has a, might have an interesting side effect where the anti-vaxxers are not going to want to be viewed as people who got the vaccine so they'll wear a mask to show off that they are not vaccinated so maybe bro flip it I might. Play for so They'll either guys. reverse psychology, play them, or they'll all die off, and we'll be better off for it. <laughs> um, I would like maybe qualify. Oh, I'm sure there's there's some nice anti-vaxxers, but uh, no. If you're an anti-vaxxer, there's you nice people are a on piece both of sides. Shit. <laughs> you're just you're just there's no two ways about it. You're just a piece of shit if you believe vaccines cause autism and are in any way responsible for shit like measles that was basically eradicated coming back and being a problem in the 21st century. Go choke on a fucking log. Um, Spiral is <laughs> not for one at the box office again for weekend 21. Ooh, we're almost halfway through the year. Scary stuff, man. Scary stuff. Uh, May 21 through 23, 2021. Common era. Uh, spiral <laughs> number one, four point five nine five mil down forty seven and a half percent, but in hundred and eighty more theaters. Wrath of Man down nineteen point six percent, pretty good retention. Good enough to stay for number two, just a hair under three million dollars, two point nine seven eight. Uh, those who wish me dead, which no. happens to be our spotlight. They wish me dead. You'll be dead. Um. Down 32%, $1.925 million, $1.191 more theaters, um, only a five sixty nine per theater take. So Those Who Wish Me Dead is an Angelina Jolie movie um, whose uh, career is, you know, humming along. Not quite the star she used to be, but still... <laughs> Getting, getting lead roles. Still in movies. Has a 6.0 IMDb rating, which indicates it's a mediocre movie. Uh, 58 on Metacritic. 
And what's what's the rotten tomatoes on those who wish me dead? Let's let's see that. Let's see. Let's let's all race to find it. It is sixty one percent. So it's certified fresh, or or just fresh, not certified fresh. Uh, yeah, Angelina Jolie in her really bad wig in this movie, or that's a bad dye job. I'm not sure. Something's going on with her hair, or it don't look right. Critics' consensus, a squarely traditional 90s-style action thriller, Those Who Wish Me Dead is elevated by Taylor Sheridan's propulsive direction. I don't think I've ever read a, read a review quite like that. Um, but you know what? I have reviews, read reviews that are like... Let me try that again. <laughs> IMDb user reviews. I've read reviews like those... It's where you go to get the real sense from the real people. People who aren't paid to write about movies all day and will slam a movie if they didn't get a gift basket from the studio with basketball tickets. Um, mm. These people aren't paid. They do it out of the, the goodness of their heart. And uh, they are all batshit insane. So let's go and read <laughs> some of what they have to say. ATDMV. Um, I guess he works at a DMV in Atlanta. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, 10 out of 10. Great entertainment. Ignore the negative reviews. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite bottle. tropes. I love when they say that. I judge movies like this based purely on their entertainment value, and this movie is very entertaining with great visual effects and a straightforward storyline. <laughs> great acting, comma, two. Objectively, the movie should be 7.5 stars. Oh, it's a twofer, baby. Oh, my God. I gave it 10 to, I gave it 10 to offset the vengeful one-star reviews because there's absolutely no way this movie is one star. Jesus. Gotta love those twofers. I have it's another quick bingo. one I want to get in here. Um, yeah. LM, it's from N, NG Handy. Um, those wish me down, down, down. LMFAO. Wait, I love this movie. This movie was pretty entertaining to me. LMAO, IDK. Why is getting so much hate? I even shed tears. Twenty-two out of forty-four found that helpful. So Whew. think about that next time you submit an IMDb user review that's thoughtful, and you get like one out of two find it helpful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got all a good amount of one out of tens. Um. They they did they did rip this apart. Um, and there's a bunch of with spoilers, uh, so I'm gonna go for one of them that seemed like the spoilers aren't very specific or they didn't dive deep into them. Uh, maybe they just tagged it just because. Um, so very minor spoiler warning. I don't think anything. That well, isn't... we've never seen the movie, so if you don't feel you've been spoiled, yeah, like, yeah, I I knew about like Hitman in there, and, and yeah, there, that there's was some the trailer. There's some action. There, there's nothing I don't think you've seen in the trailer. Okay, one out of ten. Those who wish they hadn't watched this movie, ah, mm-hmm. by Nathan Hogan. This movie seemed like it could have been five or six out of ten, but midway through the movie, it derailed in a big way. And that was with the lightning. Oh, <laughs> the lightning. Just the lightning. The Tampa Bay lightning skated out onto the forest. 
<laughs> it seemed it seemed to have a vendetta or something against Angelina Jolie and her repeatedly dodging lightning bolts took me right out of the movie. Okay, ten out of ten. Fuck off. Okay, this is wrong because that would be awesome. Fucking Zeus up in the sky, being like, "Fuck this bitch." Ah, she's she's serpentining. How can I hit her? Ah, she's wily. <laughs> Let me try to lead the shot here. Oh, she changed direction. <laughs> the two hitmen are played out as well as they could be. It isn't anything you haven't seen before. They do seem to go from smooth operators to action movie cliches about halfway through the movie as well. I love when it happens. The film made a big deal in its trailers and other marketing uh, about the fire in the forest, but that was woefully underused. There was a brief flashback scene near end uh, of the film that the fire turns up just for a few minutes uh, of tension and poor CGI. The brief but sudden violence that you might have come to expect with a Taylor Sheridan movie like Sicario and Wind River isn't here at all. It's all. It's a bland by the numbers film when it comes to the action it won't wow you with anything you haven't seen before angelina jolie was a terrible casting choice the film could have been salvaged with an older more rugged actress who looks and sounds the part of a tough smoke jumper but angelina jolie with her long hair wig doesn't suit it at all steer clear of this film if you have nothing better to watch 51 under 102 found that helpful amazing all right restore balance to the force peter uh the fives and six on here are fucking wild uh we can't i I I don't hear i'm gonna try and do them justice but these are honestly they've taken the medium to the next level the two ones i've selected uh and they are they are a visual treat they're like the ee cummings of movie reviews (laughs) where you don't you can't capture it just by reading it out loud so i will put these in the uh discord in the group in the group chat so y'all can read along awesome. uh this is from manhur khan dash film critic his five out of ten review best cast with unrealistic storyline and this one uh to to be specific this one is has it has a flow chart it literally directs you through the review telling you which way to go to keep reading um <laughs> nice <laughs> i see that here is my to-the-point review of Those Who Wish Me Dead. Those Who Wish Me Dead is a 2021 neo American neo-Western action thriller film directed by Taylor Sheridan, starring Angela Jolie, Angelina Jolie, Finn Little, and John Bernthal. Good points. And it points. <laughs> One, Angelina Jolie performed her character very well, as usual. Two, the boy Finn Little has got pretty good acting skills. He is a great actor. Uh, Bad points. And then he points again. (laughs) Unrealistic storyline that felt like a complete waste of time. It's poorly written. There were uncountable plot holes that would leave you with so many unanswered questions. Three, there was not a single good dialogue. Four, there is no character development at all. Five, story is engaging with some great choice of actors, but it's an incomplete story and the talented actors like Angelina and John mean nothing. My advice, and then points again, don't waste your time on this movie. One out of one found that helpful. One out of two. I just wrote it down. I'm kidding. No, I don't have an IMDb account. Oh. 
Mahorn Khan film critic. I need to see if he structures all his shit like that. I don't know, but this next I when we get around the horn again, we're going buck wild. Well, that's good because you're the one who sends this home every week. Um, expected from V K C G J E V W J. Those who wish me dead in Tau Town expected nothing. Loved it. Ten out of ten. I never write reviews. That's another favorite trope of mine. This one earned a review. I love movies where you think there's going to be a moral to the story or a reason for things, and then there's not. (laughs) Think the ending of The Sopranos. The point is there's no point. It's all about the fun journey. I'm amazed at how this story was thought up. It's such an abstract concept for a movie that was done very well. All characters are fully engaged. Which is rare. This movie stays unpredictable, which makes watching the whole thing in one sitting easy. At no point is there a clear handle on what will happen next, nor does the movie shoot up shoot its shot too early and leave you in a perpetual wrap up good until the end. Four out of eight found that helpful. This has gotta be a troll review, right? Like that's so sweet. Unless the trailer is very misleading. Okay, I think he's astroturfing because uh, he's been an IMDb member for like all of five months and he has one review. And it's that <laughs> one. I guess he's true to his word at least that he never writes reviews. It's <laughs> very true. I hate when so, they do that. I click on their thing and there's like eight reviews. It's like, bitch, you lied to me. I tried it again. I did the prolific reviewer. I wanted to see... Um, some some big the big boys do it, but you know what's interesting is uh, they're not very like helpful. Usually these uh the prolific reviewers, so I don't think they get a whole lot of like viewers. Well, they just write a lot of reviews. Yeah, it doesn't mean um, that they're good at it. <laughs> but I scrolled down. I found I found a good one. Uh, a burning question. One out of ten. Who is this? Tucker Carlson. A burning <laughs> question. Hmm. Crossfire. Angelina Jolie. Is she a good actor? No, okay. Uh, all right. So, mm-hmm. a burning question. Warning spoilers. I don't think there's that many spoilers. What the heck was this movie about? Oh, da, da, da. Forest fire training? Forensic accounting? These are all different paragraphs, by the way. <laughs> Personal shortages in government black ops logistic planning? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just a jump. <laughs> Lightning as a weapon? <laughs> Ain't you ever played God of War? <laughs> Understaffing of sheriff's departments? <laughs> Wilderness survival? Are you is she just saying things? <laughs> just a list. Trauma-based psychological exercises? Hmm? <laughs> I don't know. I missed Seriously. the topic sentence and I'm so lost. The Yucatan Peninsula? Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, gonna 4% move on to escrow? <laughs> How to buy a house with no credit? Seriously, uh, there is not one single thread attached at, to any other in this mishmash of ideas. And yet it's still some stupid annoying kid you don't care about being chased by idiots you don't know. For reasons made unclear, who both die 
at the hands of some untrained, psychologically damaged cool chick while the inept professional departments show are shown for their for their stupidity. And of course, Angie <laughs> Angie saves the kid herself and the day. Yonorific <laughs> Yonorific <laughs> What? Dot 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 oh, Yonorific boy, Dot 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 <laughs> 17 out of 32 found that helpful. I found it helpful. I, 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 the movie's Yonorific. Yep. I'm going to steal that and not credit them. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, right? All right, kids. All right. Now we got we got our last one for the day here. Uh, now, I believe oh we've... Oh, my God. <laughs> we've, uh, we may have encountered this particular individual before. I remember... Radio One's Mr. Movie Mad Amy 104.1 FM. We remember this, right? He's done. We, we, he's yeah, done a review. He's, he's done Voyagers, which is the one we've done. I think we did Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, he's done Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's done a lot of movies we've and, done. And I've read his. I've read one of his reviews before. Uh, yeah. I forgot how amazing they were. This is oh this my god! Is amazing. Birds of Play. This is it may have been it may have been fucking Birds of Prey, which was the first time we. Uh, I think so. Um, so I can't movie. accurately do this without a DJ soundboard. I don't think, like an audio transcription of this review, <laughs> but we're gonna try. Uh, yeah, all right, Jesus. six out. Of t- now keep in mind, this is six out of ten. <laughs> Amazing performances and visual, but an anticlimactic, even abrupt finale. I'm afraid this was just another tragic victim of the pandemic. That was the title of the review. Sure was. Um, there are so many spaces everywhere. Oh my god. Okay, a good old-fashioned big screen review. Hannah, I should have gone to them. Instead, I was a coward. Ryan, then you'd be dead too. Hannah, that's our that's our job. Let me start with the unbelievably natural twelve year old when the movie was filmed. Child actor, native Australian, Finn Little, Connor Cassidy. I have to say that I was just blown away with the depth and the range of his performance, charged with a role that was literally about 25 times more demanding in terms of dramatic and emotional heavy-lifting needs than what we are used to seeing the average 12-year-old Hollywood thespian tasked with in terms of their on-screen assignments. These days, bravo! The ever-stunning Angelina Jolie, Hannah Faber, for her part, has most definitely still got it, i.e. that uniquely quintessential supreme cinematic firepower of hers. Make no mistake, and last but by no means least, let me just give a quick yet massive shout-out to second big surprise of the night, namely relative newcomer Medina Senor, who does a stupendous job as Allison Sawyer, the embattled deputy sheriff's very doting but equally embattled six months pregnant wife. Paragraph one over... <laughs> okay yeah warm up all right the overall cinematography the truly sprawling vistas the special effects both in terms of the utterly gripping action sequences 
as well, as in terms of the phenomenal, astounding, and frankly, terrifyingly real-looking forest fire scenes, were just, well, hands-down fantastic. The major problem for me was... (laughs) What I've now come to affectionately label as the War of the Worlds, Tom Cruise 2005 syndrome. Or in other words, very simply put, when you really, really start to get into the picture, and in a big way no less, it pretty darn suddenly grinds to a screeching halt, leaving you not only with the palpable sense of an sort of anticlimax malaise, but also a few rather pertinent, outright, unanswered questions relating to the film's genuinely thrilling and mildly plausible premise. Mildly (laughs) plausible. And and finally, (laughs) unanswerably, of course. (laughs) Mildly plausible. (laughs) So every line's a gem. There's the profound level of... uh, Profanity. <laughs> yes, I get that the film's rated 15 on this very home page. In fact, that's just about the only reason I'm not griping about it in my review title. But the fact of the matter remains. The somewhat excessive, seeming, account of hard swearing in the movie, coupled with the few brief but nonetheless prominent instances of profane subject matter itself, in a picture with, uh, let's not forget, 12-year-old as its lead star was simply not indispensable to the story period period okay before you move on to the summary this person's (laughs) aware right that like several horror movies starred children and are rated r i'm not sure that he understands this (laughs) he may not know i don't know what this man knows or whatever yeah it's it's difficult to tell (laughs) <laughs> oh, all we all we know for sure is that he's seen the 2005 War of the Worlds remake, <laughs> which had kids in it. Yeah. Uh, but summary had me on that ever proverbial edge of my seat for the majority of its hundred minute runtime. So this movie, with its sensorily explosive forest fire backdrop, no spoilers here, that's much in the trailer. Like, he put a bracket inside another bracket. (laughs) It gets a fairly warm, ding, and indeed an unflinching, pandemic considerate 6.5 out of 10 from me. Uh, 6.50. 6.50. You can't forget the significant <laughs> figures. This is... That's weird. Like, this six. dude gives 6 out of 10 to this, but yeah, 10 a month. He gave a 10 out of 10 to fucking Charlie's Angels. Can can someone try and tell me what the fuck this bracket dash notation means? I, I did it. I put no the radio clue. voice on it, but he just puts it on random words. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Um, I have no idea. This dude gave Ad Astra a 9 out of 10. No taste. It's because this man is from space. Yeah, this man has to be. Hobbs and Shy gave a 10 out of 10. Well, that makes sense. Unironically. The scene when The Rock carries a helicopter with his hands with the chain? Do you see the fucking title of of F9? He put a chrome muffler onto this fucking 2x noble laureates virus machine and it, and it fixes it you know, hell yeah you know the movies i want i want this to be like my da- my gamer tag 
and you say, um, super duper yeah, badass arrest. <laughs> I saw that for his badass arrest. Alright, so that's those who wish me dead. Um, finishing up our box office recap, we have Ryan the Last Dragon, uh, up to fourth this week after having a, a stranglehold on the fifth spot um, for several weeks. 1.6 million. Godzilla versus Kong hanging out in fifth. Up a spot. 1.4 million. Only down 7.6%. Ryan was only down two. Demon Slayer Mugen Train, which now I think trails only Pokemon the first movie as the highest grossing anime movie in the wow. United States. Um, down twenty five point nine percent, one point three million dollars. I mean, it's it's a wide gap between it and Pokemon. Oh, like it's it? like sixty million dollars, but yeah. <laughs> it still counts, I guess. Um, Mortal Kombat in seventh, nine hundred fifty under a mil, down twenty eight percent in a week where most things weren't down that much. That's wow. kind of harsh. Uh, Scoob 2021 re-release. I guess we got to re-release this now. Um, Dream Horse in ninth. Dream. Oh, oh, that's the one about the Scottish town that like all pools their money together to buy oh, a yeah. fucking racehorse to mm-hmm. lift themselves out of their economic depression because that's the best investment strategy you could have. Get a horse. Uh, small town Welsh bartender Jan Vokes, with no experience, Jan convinces her neighbors to chip in their meager earnings to help raise a dream in the hopes he can compete with racing. Oh my god. <laughs> no experience, too. Love it. Yes, you don't need experience to foster a friendship between a human and a horse. That's right. Train it to be a, a championship racer. I'm yeah. sure they're just, they just drop out of the womb like that. <laughs> There's no training required. Yeah, we just know how to run. And learning out the top 10 is Finding You, down 27%. Uh, for $793,000. Crude's New Age in week 26, $145,000. going to for 17th place. And uh, we didn't look at it last week. but Oh, no, there it is. War Grandpa, 30th. Nice. Still fifteen thousand dollars, up thirteen point four percent. Yeah, I don't people care. are coming still... back to theaters and they want to watch War with Grandpa. <laughs> there are still sixty-two theaters showing the War with Grandpa. Thirty-three weeks, eight 30... theaters dropped out. Who's going to be the last one? Who's going to be the last theater in America holding War with Grandpa, making ten thousand dollars? Tim Burns will come and make a documentary on it. Yes, this I was about was to say, the there's gonna, Netflix is going to buy. Uh, they're going to do a, the last blockbuster style documentary. Yeah. Uh, on the last theater showing War with Grandpa, <laughs> and it'll be 2027, and there'll still be one theater showing the War with Grandpa. Okay. Like people keep seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. It'll, have, it'll be the exhibition room. They'll have like memorabilia on all the walls of this landmark movie. <laughs> They'll have fucking Robert De Niro stuffed corpse <laughs> in the corner. We tried taking it down. They, they rioted. This is it's the uh, release. It's the fiftieth release anniversary. We've got uh, uh, De Niro's great grandson up here to give the keynote address. Robert De Niro the fourth. <laughs> 
this cultural landmark. Uh, <sighs> Jesus. Jeezy mm-hmm. Pete still, still working my way through uh, Mass Effect's Legendary Edition, the first game. I had hoped to finish it for this weekend, but then uh, I didn't. I didn't have the time to do it on Thursday that I thought I was going to have. Um, and so that will be for sure next week. And then hopefully the other two won't take quite as long. I'm a bit more versed in those games in terms of what to, what to do and where to go and all that. Not that mm-hmm. I'm not that way with Mass Effect 1, but there's new shit. There's a lot more new shit in the Legendary Edition. All right. Like in my toilet. Lots of like in shit. your toilet. Ugh. Gross. Vibio games. Yeah, they uh, killed the radio star, I guess. So, um, mm-hmm. Modern Vintage Gamer put out a video detailing the Xbox Series X's terrible DRM policy where 90% of your video games don't work if you don't have an internet connection. Hmm. Um, oh, holy shit. Which is something they had tried to implement in the early days of the Xbox One. And everyone decided they didn't like that. And <laughs> as a consequence, they backtracked. But it seems very quietly they've they've slipped that back in. I think this hasn't gotten a ton of traction until now because no prominent community members had really been able to get their hands on an Xbox Series X because of the chip shortage making all this shit very, very difficult to get mm. a hold of. Um, but... It uh, it's prompted a response from uh, Microsoft, and uh, what do they have to say here? Having watched the video and read discuss my main takeaways. All right, having watched the video and read through the discussions here, my main takeaway is that we Xbox need to improve our on console error messaging. The very generic and unclear error message messaging clearly adds confusion and can lead to mistrust of the system. There's an effort internally to revamp licensing-related error messaging, and I will ensure that this feedback is heard internally as we continue driving that effort. That is the greatest corporate dance around the issue I've ever heard. Love it. Uh, yeah, you see, the issue here is not the fact that we have you know strict online-only licensing. It's just our error messaging is a little unclear. <laughs> just need to clean that up, and I think everything will be resolved. See, the error is that none of you have the internet. We need to, <laughs> we need to fix that. So you won't be tethered to our fucking server. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, geez. AOC Agnon is uh, the new 49-inch curved gaming monitor, uh, which is going for eight ninety nine at Amazon, which is actually not a bad price mm. for a super ultra-wide like that. Yeah, um, but at the like... same time, uh, let's see. So it's a fifty-one twenty by fourteen forty monitor. So that's essentially like having two twenty-seven inch fourteen forty p monitors in one. Jesus, um, which is really nice. I don't think I could ever justify going super ultra wide. <laughs> like ultra wide, <laughs> that was that was enough of a change for me. But uh, if you have the graphics horsepower to drive uh, 5120 by 1440 games and uh, you want to just be in your fucking video game, 
uh, fully immersed, then don't in uh, VR. Can do, just, you can do a monitor. lot worse. <laughs> so let's see. It's a VA panel, which is what mine is, and that's not bad. It's not. Um, it's not as fast as an IP. It's not as fast as a TM panel. And it's not as good color accuracy as a IPS panel, but it's a good middle ground in between the two. Um, eighteen hundred radius uh, curve and a maximum refresh rate of one hundred twenty hertz. Um, it can display one hundred twenty one percent of the SRB color range, so it's a pretty decent monitor. It even comes with uh, HDR four hundred, which is not great. Uh, I have HDR 400 on my monitor, and uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition turns it on my default, and when I turn it off, the color accuracy is really garbage, so I have to keep it on, <laughs> even though the HDR effect itself isn't great, but it doesn't really hurt anything either, so I don't have too much of a thing against it. Um, uh, E3 uh, unveiled its uh, official dates and, and yeah, talk about. For... Talk about E3 while I pull other stories. Yeah, so um, so E3 is... was totally uh, prepared for the show today and did not wake up 20 <laughs> minutes late. Uh, so E3 2021 um, will run from June 12th to June 15th. Um, and it's got... It, it released the... Who's going to be in it uh, as well? Uh, so they got uh, publishers including Xbox, Capcom, Konami, and Ubisoft will all be showcasing their uh, wares. Uh, so... Looks like we're not getting Sony, obviously, because Sony never contributes into E3. Um, so they'll have yeah, they've kind of done their own thing recently. Yeah, I think um, I think we'll see a little bit more. So, I mean, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft. That's not a ton of like the main the the group. So I think we'll probably see also like little digital streams or something like that uh, spread around. Like I know Sony recently had. Uh, something where they announced like their uh, fuck, what's it? The the ocean, um, Subnautica. So they announced their Subnautica yeah. stuff. They announced um, a new Ratchet and Clank game. Um, so I think they might do something separate where they do a big announcement and do a big unveil over like a day or so. Um, so get ready to look for that, uh, especially around June. Um, yeah, June is gaming news month. Um, it'll be interesting to uh, see what E3 is going to look like uh, post-pandemic here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we always look forward to it. It's usually a big special episode for us going through E3 and all the associated news that comes out of that. The goofery. And you'll also have the Valve uh, Steam sale uh, going on from... June sixteenth to twenty second, so that might be the summer sale or something like that. Yeah, that's the that sounds like summer sale dates. So so they'll um, they'll coincide with about E three and and whatever games you want to get. Speaking of Valve, they're uh they're getting into the hardware game again here. Uh, they're getting ready to release their uh, Nintendo Switch like handheld gaming PC. There are a few of these that are on the market right now. Um, they're kind of pricey and. Um, they have a lot of the same issue where it's just hard to cram an appropriately powerful computer into a small form factor and have it be able to run on a battery. Um, and so that's that's kind of the main issue. We'll see how, how Valve does it and what kind of pricing they're at. 
Um, as we know from the Valve Index, they are not above releasing a very premium product mm-hmm. at a very premium price. So it'll be interesting to see what this is. Like, if they can nail this, if any company out there can nail this, this is a big market because I would love, I would absolutely love to have a Nintendo Switch-like gaming device that I could play PC games on. Not even, like, the latest and greatest, just to be able to play, like, uh, the PC version of fucking, like, Max Payne or something. Yeah, like KOTOR. On the go. Yeah, like, all the, you know, the older PC games Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe the ones that aren't so demanding. Um but aren't, like, available on the Switch or run worse on the Switch or whatever. Or, well, there's just... The issue with the Switch, I don't really have a problem with how most games run on the Switch or anything. It's just Nintendo never drops the prices of their games. Yeah. And it's so fucking expensive. They're always so buying premium prices. They, there's a Switch... <laughs> Eric's premium prices. There, there's a Switch tax on your game. That is such an such a fucking unappealing thing to to have to deal with yeah fuck you and your premium prices i love my premium prices among us is free to keep on the epic (laughs) game store this week prices so there's no no imposter in this deal go get among us if you're too cheap (laughs) to spend five bucks on among us go get it for free on epic game Mm. store this week don't be a sussy baka go buy among us (laughs) i fucking I do not like it. Do you love Sam that? Do you love that? I, I do not like when Red Vent is sus. <laughs> Kill me now. Oh, dear. Ooh, according to a Sony report, Uncharted 4 is coming to the PC. Um, in a presentation released for Sony's Investor Relations Day today, Uncharted 4, previously a PS4 exclusive, appeared on a slide under heading... On the heading, more PC releases planned. The slide. Also on the slide is Days Gone, which just hit the PC last week. The slide label New Growth Factors shows PC releases as a way for Sony to increase return on investment for existing first-party games to create fans of our own IP. Yes, bring God of War to the PC, goddammit. Please. Please, I want to play it. Do it. I, I don't have a PS5. It's hard to get one. Just bring it to the fucking... Bring it to the fucking PC. Um, so Far Cry 6 uh, is like, it's either out or it's like showing a bunch of new footage. Um, and um, it I think might it's have... coming out soon. Okay, it, it might have probably the most important companion you'll ever have in a video game. And that's a, a little wiener dog that has lost his back legs and has to roll around on wheels. And looks like he has a little backpack. Oh, he hurt his back, and now he has the, the fucking wheelchair. It's a, it's adorable. A it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'll share it in chat. Now, where is where is this one take place this time? Mm, Cuba, I believe. I want to say South, yeah, South America or some like that. Um, there's there's some Cuban Cuba. character because uh, it's got the guy from Breaking Bad in there. Um, Danny Rojas. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, these are all... Uh, this is a shooter series set in the fictional Caribbean nation of Yara, whose people are up in arms against its ruler. Uh, so it's like a a uh, apolitical pseudonym for Cuba. Right. Because it sounds very much like 
the Cuban uprising is going on. And Tan Castillo, portrayed by Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, he was a revolutionary named Danny Rojas, which I... Is that the player in Ted Lasso? Yes, that's the name of one of the soccer players in Ted, Ross, Ted Lasso, <laughs> Danny Rojas. Um, will be joining in the uprising, aided by a wiener dog in a wheelchair named Chorizo. Chorizo, yeah. It's amazing. So, uh, in this one quote from the article, uh, we don't have guns for hire per se, but we do definitely have other NPCs with you, said David Gravel. You'll have a couple animal pals like Chorizo, an excitable little dog in a wheelchair who can distract soldiers, and Guapo, a crocodile who can tear them to shreds and eat them. Human amigos are a no-go, however. <laughs> you can control a crocodile. That's right. You, I've, seen the, I've seen the gif. You pet it, and it gets pet. That's great. Crocodile. This actually might be like the first Far Cry game that I get. Because it looks wild. Um, I know they're all I wild. Love, but... I love Far Cry uh, 3 Blood Dragon. That's my favorite. Yeah, I, I should play one of them. Because I always see them and I'm like, that looks like a fun a fun time. The issue is that to play them on the PC, you have to use Uplay. Which... Oh. <sighs> you play. Don't play. Don't play Uplay. You won't do it. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, so there could be a uh, Microsoft CEO says the next generation of Windows is coming soon. Uh, Sataya Natalia hinted at a big update in the works for Windows 10. I've had enough of your Windows 10 updates. I don't need any more. I'm tired, <laughs> Grandpa. Well, Give that's too damn bad. 10 million update. I think they're going to the new Windows. I mean, eventually you'd think there'd be a Windows 11 in the works, but I, I don't know. I, they, they gave out a lot of Windows 10 for free shit um, to like create this unified platform that they can like sell as a service for years to come. So we might be on Windows 10 for like another decade before we get into Windows 11. Mm -hmm. Um. Ooh, a two terabyte SSD for bulk storage is down to a hundred and fifty four dollars today, or four days ago. Um, save seventy six dollars on the crucial MX five hundred two terabyte version. Ooh, is yeah, it's still listed at a hundred. Oh wait, no, it's back up to two hundred nine today. Poopy butt. So. Damn it. Um, still, even at 209, that's not a bad price for two terabytes of solid state storage. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, watch that because I guess it goes on sale fairly frequently. The one terabyte of that model, and it's a crucial drive, so it's not even like a really cheap, shitty SSD either. Um, so their one terabyte is 97 bucks, 98 bucks, which is pretty good, I would say. Um, Man, I, it's it's really mind blowing how cheap SSD storage has become recently. Like it used to be like five dollars a gigabyte, and now in a lot of cases you're under a buck a gigabyte, which is fucking really wanted to drive that shit down. Mm -hmm. Really incredible. All right, well, 
excuse me. I think that's all the major bases covered on uh, gaming news. There is something going on with the Apple and Epic lawsuit. I think some initial judgment was handed down. I don't remember what it is, and I can't find an article on it. So I'm not going to say the wrong thing. Instead, we'll just move on and talk about uh, Mitchell's, Mitchell's versus, versus the Mimshams. The, the Machinas. What was the original you know, title Deer of this? Frame. It was connected. like Connected. Connected. Yeah. Yeah, no, I Which like. I think Mitchell's versus submission. I I don't know. Part of me, part of me thinks connected would have worked a little bit better as a title. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see that. I, I mean, Mitchell's versus the machines is, it's on the nose. Sure. I yeah. Think the 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 overarching theme of the show is like connecting with you yeah. know loved ones. Uh, or versus movie the, not show. versus the phones. Get get your get your face out of the screen. Get your bathed and in dad's hate screens. <laughs> bathed in the ghoulish blue glow. Um, ghoulish blue light. My my general verdict on this movie is: um, movies have a both a monetary and a creative budget, most of them. Um, and this one, I think, made the smart move to put its budget into the visual flair and let all those Cal Arts. And Full Sail University students yeah. really go buck wild <laughs> on a project they can all get into. And yeah. uh, you take a little bit away from the story. You, it, you you make it simple for a family. And you would like the story is about as complex as a fucking Sunday strip. Yeah, I um, don't think it really needed to have like a tenant level of convolutions sure, to the story. No. I think it, it worked fine. But yes, the... I was going to text in the middle of it, but I didn't want to type all, all these words. Uh, the, the art direction does a lot of heavy lifting for what is a very uh, simplistic and cliche-heavy story. Like, you will mm-hmm. be able to predict all the major story, story beats. I even called the uh, spoiler alert for the, uh, the, the middle one where they're in the mall. Yep. Um, I called what the uh, demonic presence would be. Mm-hmm. It could only be one thing all the way, and Diane was like, "No, really?" I'm like, "Yes, it has to be. be. There's only yep. one thing. They got to make that joke um, there." And you know, I appreciated some of the references. I think this is this works as a family film in in the way that there's something that every member of the family can can relate with. There's there's some sort of character story. I don't think it's as strong of an identifying thing. Like it feels a little, cause, probably because it's animated mostly, but it feels a little less like. I wanted to say human connection, but that doesn't make a ton of sense. But like when you watch Paddington, one or two, uh, like all the stories and stuff that the characters are going through, they're very, they're very relatable mm-hmm. to like different points in your life. Like I'm sure you will, at whatever point in your life you are, you will be able to. Uh, commiserate with one of the characters in the Paddington movies uh, what they're what's going on in their lives. Um, whereas with this, I think it's very much two main characters. Like the 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 relationship between the dad and the daughter is really what's driving it. The mom and the son are really kind of relegated to side characters that have their their one or two moments. Yeah, they they um, support they support one another and like 
they can kind of see it from the other perspective and is like the a guiding force uh at some points where they're like they're they might be the they might be the audience voice uh sometimes like you know yeah. uh when the dad does something stupid and can't like ob- relate to something obvious with the daughter and we're all yelling at the screen like hey dude just like don't yell at her like that that's when the mom steps in and is like that voice of reason um uh but they do have their own characters at times and they're not as fleshed out as they're, I think the yeah they're just the not daughter as and the dad the, other ones. the daughter and the dad are for mm-hmm. sure the like they're dialed Which up I to th- ten yeah from what I got I think that hurts the movie a little bit uh in that not every character in the family feels as important I can get that yeah yeah um I I view it the like son I mean like <laughs> he has autism isn't that neat. Oh, is that what that was? I'm pretty sure he has some sort of Oh, autism. I thought he was just into dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, but, like, the way he interacts with other characters and, like, it's not a very, like, uh, tasteful display of... Uh, maybe it's just Asperger's. I think he, he has something, right? It's not just that he's into dinosaurs. I really like, don't know. I, I'm not sure. I did not get that at all when I saw it. it I, cut, I was like, I oh, sort of he's understand. got one thing and it's dinosaurs and... That's his little subplot. I but sort of got that, uh, like, like interact with people in a way. Yeah, it was like, the way it, he interacted it's very with obvious people. The way he was was very like, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess didn't didn't have the best they uh, had, social skills. They threw the, they threw little bits of woke in there. It wasn't like super in your face. Like I called the daughter being gay from ten thousand miles away. Uh, as soon as they started talking about this jade girl, I'm like, okay, so that's gonna be the reveal at the end. She's going to be in a relationship with this girl, whatever. Um, but they weren't like, it wasn't a huge, it was, it was as it should be. It was just like a minor oh, yeah, thing very about subtle this character. Thing. They, it wasn't, it wasn't like, hey guys, look how gay she is. Well, they mentioned like, at the end. I hate they, they do that. They mentioned at the end, all they, all they did was it, which I love when they do this. It's just, it's subtle. It's, it's natural. And it's, it's what a mom would ask too. It's like, hey, are you and Jade official? It's a callback to a character that was brought up in the beginning, and and it's just referencing that she's she's into girls, and that's and that's a fine way to do it. Yeah, that's the way that it should be done. I feel is it should just be presented as a normal thing that happens. It's a perfectly valid yeah. option, and it shouldn't be like the only character trait that she has. Generally, I was not expecting this movie to be as funny or i me find things as funny like i could see this having the the fart jokes the or whatever dog the, sent me the, every easy, time they yes the dog. the dog was so funny <laughs> there were so many points of this movie where like it had no business being this funny and part of it i think was like also the the stylistic choice that they went with like the animation and just some of the Gumball, bits that they did Gumball was did awesome. a lot for the animation industry Looking back now, Gumball was a very formative part of a lot of people's taste. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the way they frame this as like a student film uh, project and that had like all the animations that the Katie was her name. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that she would put in her her videos. Um, they had a lot of like I said, cliche story bits like with uh, Katie's work being super popular outside of the family and and all the callbacks they they had a good voice cast 
had Eric Andre mm-hmm. in here. You had Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson. Yeah. Uh, Maya Rudolph. I was pretty um, surprised at that. I thought I thought the robots had multiple voice actors, but I guess it's just Beck Bennett, who sounds very familiar to me, and I don't know why. Yeah, I thought that too. Because I, I, I looked at his IMDb, and I really don't recognize a lot of these things that he's been in, but the voice sounds so fucking familiar, and I can't quite place it. It really bugs me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But... Yeah, there was um, yeah a lot of cle- lot of lot of story beats in this. I'm really surprised that they didn't have the one that I was waiting for, that I was really hoping for was like the end of the second act, uh, big fight between um, the dad and the daughter, where they just like they just do the catharsis and they just have it out. Yeah, um, it was, was it was like, kind of weird because the way they structured the story, like you had that in the beginning and at the end of the second act. Oh yeah, the pace. That was the other thing was the pace was really weird on this shit. Yeah, because like the, of the they, whole they, narrative structure was kind of a little out wonky. of order. Yeah, I would. Wonky is probably better, like because everything like happens in the order you'd expect it to, like in terms of. This comes at the end of this act, but like they repeat a few beats a couple times, and it just yeah, because like, they've seen this because like know? the climax mm-hmm. is like you what you think is the climax, and then uh, they end up failing and have to like kind of restart, sort of. Uh, when yeah, they, that when really they don't. felt like that was going to be the end. I'm like, oh, I guess they're oh, just not. Gonna I go. definitely called that. I'm like, it's. I knew it's it wasn't going to work. Yeah, I but it but it did feel like a climax. Enough. Yeah, I, yeah, like I was they like, they went. They, I didn't think going in, but like they went just so heavy on it, like you know they they threw a lot of shit yeah into that mall scene, and I'm like, oh, is this is this the end? Okay, and I look at the the time left in the movie. There's like 50 minutes left. I'm like, well, okay, obviously not then. How is this not gonna work? And then I and then I thought of uh, uh, as soon as they like destroyed part of the mall, I was like, oh no, the router, and I saw the power. Yeah, go there out. goes the the Wi-Fi. Yeah, like it was. Nothing about this movie's plot will surprise you. You will probably be able to predict what is going to happen many scenes in advance, but that's really not the point of the movie. That's not the strength of the movie. The strength of the movie is the the voice performances and the visual flair. Yeah, I don't think this director was trying to go for anything like a a Paddington 2 because it's not Citizen Kane anymore. It's Paddington 2. This wasn't trying um, to be his Paddington too, um, mm-hmm. but it's for sure a a a well uh, look, well made, well looking movie, uh, and that has uh, really good voice actors, that has some great comedy and some decent writing. I think I don't think you can tell. Yeah, the the writers and the directors are the same people on this, and uh, you see in the credits. Uh, spoiler alerts for the credits that the uh, I guess the spoiler director, for the whole thing. I just want to talk about moments. The director, <laughs> um, you know, he based the Mitchells on his family, and you can you can feel that there was a lot of mm. love uh, put into this project on his end. He really wanted to make this something special, and I think in many ways he succeeded. Um, I would say this is definitely a great movie uh, to turn on with your family. 
if you're meeting with your family this holiday weekend or yeah. over yeah. Fourth of July and the weather's not nice, like it's not supposed to be in the Northeast this weekend, this is the perfect mm-hmm. movie to put on for the family. It's and funny. Everyone, it's engaging. It's something for everyone. everyone it is relatable. Find have, something to enjoy. There's about a it. lot of. I, I did notice a lot of yeah. my parents in those parents. Yes, they captured. I, they mm. captured the dad. The dad. Perfectly. There, were, there was a lot of. A lot of uh, cats in the cradle moments mm-hmm. that were a little, little tear jerky. Yeah, there were. Oh my god, talk about heart wrenching! It got my goose when uh, they found out where the origin of the moose. We, you know where that. I called that from. before. Where he's like, when she's like, why did, why did he have to but, give up his yeah, dream? That like, was because he had you. Yeah, because he. <laughs> that, was, that was the one. It's like. What happened? I'm like, because he had you, motherfucker. And then, like, 45 minutes later, yep, that's the reveal. So, like, yeah. it's but not. But the moose, the moose was the chair. It was the moose on top. The moose was, was the, the thing. It was yeah. the moose was the moose on top. And he, he kept that from the house. Oh, oh, my heart, my heart, my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If I was a, if I was a kid, I would have been like, yeah, the dad needed to learn that lesson. But now I'm now that I'm out of college, I'm like, yeah, the kid needed to learn that lesson. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is kind of amazing. I had the same thoughts. I'm like, you know, as a younger man, I probably would have watched this movie a lot differently. But now right? I feel I relate a lot more to to the parents. Uh, like not just in this movie, but in a lot of other movies, I relate more to the mm-hmm. parents. I'm like, oh my god, I'm becoming. I old. mean, that '70s show. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Eric is a little shit. Yeah, sure. Eric needs to get the fucking yes. Stick your foot up his ass, Red. He needs it. Um, in the in the visual design, I just want to throw this, like Gumball was half of the visual DNA of this movie, and the other half was fucking Maddie on album covers in No Man's Sky. When they pulled out the fucking red rhombus, I'm like, God damn it! This is every isometric art style from electronic albums in the last year. Okay, like. Point of Imagine order. Dragons about to come out with their new hot single. Point of order, I believe that is a rhombohedron. Not a rhombus. A rhombohedron. Mm-hmm. Romb- a rhombus is a 2D shape. Yeah, what do they call but it? A rom- the rhombus of... Uh, the rhombus? Okay. Rhombohedron. subjugation. It was um, the rhombus of infinite subju- subjugation. So yeah, I guess we can go through a little bit of the uh, what what happens in the in the movie. Um, so so it is your very standard road trip. Yeah, movie. It, it basically boils down to like a road trip. They cancel the girl's flight to go to college in California. It's it's the bizarre love child of Maximum Overdrive, uh, RV, and um, a little a little bit of Shaun of the Dead. A little bit. Yes, a little Shaun of the Dead. That was the other one. So it's like Maximum Overdrive. Meets Shaun of the Dead, meets yeah. like family movie, family yeah. trip movie. Um, because they have that plan cause... set out so in in depth, and they're like, okay, you know, head to the pub, that that whole thing, pick up pick up mom, kill Phil. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, and Phil. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, we'll take so... the road trip. We're going to the mall. Turn off the router. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like they have step A, B, and C. Shaun of the Dead also in that the like, setup. The yeah, in the setup where like the apocalypse is happening around them, yeah, subtly, but they're not quite aware of what's going on until. It's probably why I know, liked it so much. When it <laughs> intersects, like every yeah, yeah everything they, was already gone they, to they shit pulled, by the time they realized they pulled off a lot of uh, beats from other successful movies, mm-hmm. um, and they blended into something that 
worked. Mostly original. Like, there are a lot of references, especially in the climax with the mom. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're, like that whole action sequence with her is just references to other fucking movies. Um, Kill Bill, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, fucking Heavy Metal. Like, all sorts of references in that scene. Yeah. Uh, when the Kill Bill music started, it fucking sent me, though. I oh, yeah, that was that was pretty back. good. I was like, oh, oh, they're going this hard. <laughs> I see. But there's, like, um, there's bits for everybody. So, like, a kid wouldn't get that. A kid wouldn't get no, that No, I wouldn't have gotten that, <laughs> like, four months ago. But, like, an adult, like, would if they've seen, like, Kill Bill. And it's like, that's so that's so great. And there's so many different, just like that's mm-hmm. that's how you make every a family frame movie. so dense, every single image. I feel like there's a there's a technique to making a family movie that too often is missed because mm-hmm. a studio just is like, oh, we have to put out a family movie. Like if you compare this to, like I've never seen The War of Grandpa, but based on the trailer <laughs> <laughs> and how much we've talked about it, we basically see the movie. <laughs> um, like. The War of Grandpa feels like that is a studio's idea of what a family movie should be. Yeah. Like, you got multiple generations, and you throw in some hijinks, put some well-known actors in there, and you call it a day. Versus this movie, where it very much feels like a creative voice, or two creative voices, since there were two writers and directors on this, had a distinct vision that they wanted to execute, and they were able to do it. And the the key to that is, like, the things you put in for the adults are a lot more uh, clever and subtle references than, like, in A War of Grandpa, per se, where it's just, you know, you have a, a scene or a line of dialogue that's really out of place. It's for, for the adults sitting through the movie, but it's not, like, clever or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it a lot with Pixar, too, all the adult nods. If you go back and watch your favorite Disney movie from when you were a kid, you'll notice a lot of, like, whoa, they put that in the movie? Sort of lines of dialogue that just went right over your head, which is how it should be. And it gives you a uh, reason to, as you get older, appreciate the movie more because there's all the stuff you didn't pick up on in the beginning. And I think that is a key component to making a good family movie that is often missed mm. when it's a soulless studio uh, production. Yeah. Which did, this didn't um, feel like at all. Yeah. Props to Sony Pictures Animation. Again, they are the best division of Sony Entertainment. They they animate uh, really well. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Like I was saying, this reminded me a lot of like certain bits from Spider Verse. It, it wasn't fully from yeah. Spider Verse. They but changed was... the art style a lot. I felt like like they were like from scene to scene, they would shift mm-hmm. to to fit it. I I think that was intentional, but it kind of threw me off a little bit. And like there's some weird. It looked like a Telltale Games. Like certain characters looked they were. They ripped from like a Telltale Games game, mm. like the dad in specific. Like some of the details on like his hand and jacket looked very much like they were from one of those. Vi- I I get what games. you mean, yeah. Um, but overall, it was a, a treat to look at. Um, yeah, very visually. It kept you engaged engaging. too. Just everything happening that necessarily wasn't happening in the universe, but which was happening in the. Um, and the animation, it was, yeah, it was, it's very it was frenetic. Cool. I think that was that was a smart thing to do. Like the visuals 
are dynamic enough and shifting enough where they will hold the attention of a child who maybe doesn't have a very long attention span. Mm-hmm. Um, but they aren't so fucking all over the place and uh, constantly shifting that they will be a distraction for the adult who's watching the movie. I think they walked the line pretty well there. Yeah. Yeah. All around, really good movie. Uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know we don't ever talk about the movies we like as much as the movies we dislike, but it's harder to point out, um, or there's more to discuss when a movie's bad, I feel, because mm-hmm. it's just, you can talk about the error and what you would have done differently, yeah. whereas with this, we can talk about what's good about the movie <laughs> and why it worked, but it's there's like, not yeah. a lot of discussion after that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, it's like you, you can just like praise I, it for what I it did well. I do want to talk about the corporate parts of it, though. I do want to throw one, sure, one yeah, thing the, in there. Because the, they couldn't, they social couldn't dodge commentary. it. They had to put in the Waffle House and A&W uh, product placement, and they oh. couldn't throw that one out. Um, I mean, you had fucking Furbies in this movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, they also, this was also conveniently, uh, you know, a dig at iPhone. So sure, you had to use I think it Sony, was a shot at Apple camcord. and a shot at yeah, it was the Sony camcorder. I saw Apple, sh- Facebook. Yeah, it was it was a it was a fucking commentary on tech, yeah, giant tech companies in in general. Um, mm-hmm. the, Which, the plot, oh, of I it, don't know. Like, well, the tech plot, how how genuine that can be. But I'm yeah. glad Eric Andre was the one who said like he he was the one who got to be like yeah yeah maybe, maybe tech companies aren't idea. the best and I'll attribute that to Eric Andre instead of Sony yeah because Sony well because he, he was do it. a large don't tech talk company. about it <laughs> do it well he was a really he was really heavy handed when he was like uh, he was like yeah maybe uh, selling uh, selling people's personal information to private uh, investments uh, weren't uh, the best idea in hindsight. But that's not and even like just like yeah. <laughs> the the issue with the actually I think it was the dad is like yeah that wasn't your best idea, um, but the issue with that is that that has no bearing on or is very little bearing on the crisis at hand. Yeah, no, the crisis was like yeah. an AI that like went rogue. But maybe, I don't yeah. know, maybe it was the AI because that was, was collecting the data. That was, or that was the half of the story that they were like, I don't know, yeah, fuck it, I guess. Yeah. They're like, it's, Cell it's, phones it's bad. maximum overdrive, bad. AI, rogue AI, yes, yeah. just go. Just, we're going to need you to accept this premise so we can move forward with what we have planned. <laughs> we have a father-daughter road trip thing going on. Uh, bringing the boomers, cell phones bad, computers bad. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know because I. It's been a while since I've which met. Which should be up to some funny jokes with the cat filter shit. Oh yeah, yeah, that was funny. But it's been a while since I've like met like new old people that are out of my bubble. <laughs> um, but like I don't know the dad. I I don't know how many more of those dads are around who are just like right all anti. The man didn't know how to use YouTube. I know. Like boomers I, who, yeah, it's who a character don't touch iPhones that thing. much that know how to use YouTube because YouTube's actually beneficial to them. It teaches them how to like make stuff. Well, so, yeah. Like, so like, I don't know. I think I think that kind of person is is a dying breed because of yeah. how user friendly 
uh, smart devices have become where it's very easy, even if you're not super familiar to, with technology, to yeah. like grasp, okay, so I touch this thing and it does that thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I get this. I Like every, you know, I mean, I work in engineering, so maybe it's not a fair comparison, but I work with a guy who's in his mid-70s and, you know, he's just as technologically literate as I am. Sure. Like, you know, there's... There's very little of that, but I think his character had to be that way. I'm sure there are people like that out there. Sure. um, sure. For sure. But I think they had to ham up his character just to provide the contrast with Katie's character and to, you know, further uh, the story they wanted to tell. Yeah, and I think think maybe that's just uh, the the crux of an animated movie um, and family movie when they have to kind of like dial everybody up a little bit. To the yeah, point, everyone's like, turned up to they're, eleven. They're touching the, the like edge of where it's a little bit uh, like over the top, like oh unrealistic. But like even Katie's character, I could maybe like, are you really that moody all the time? But I, yeah, they're I they're know. caricatures, they but they're at the core they're relatable still. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess that's that's really all I have to say about yeah. Mitchell's versus machines. Uh, Same. Like I said, if if you're with family this weekend and the weather's not so great, ask tell them to turn this on, and I think everyone yeah. will have, yeah, a good time. have a great time. Yeah, and maybe yeah. you'll you'll hug each other afterwards. All right, so it's <laughs> gonna wrap it up for episode two sixty five of the Sam's to this podcast swing by Twitch. Peter and I are gonna be playing some Titanfall two, and then if we finish that with time to spare, maybe something else. We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, Twitch TV backslash Sound Studs is place for that. You can find the link to that and our YouTube channel and all the other shit at SoundStuds.com. You can support the show simply by subscribing on your podcatcher of choice and leaving a review if you are so inclined. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.